New York Artists Collective. Hello and welcome to the New York Artists Collective podcast this next one's about. This is the podcast where we interview an artist to discuss the creative process behind one of their songs. I am your host, Stephanie Manns, singer-songwriter and one of the New York Artists Collective producers. Today's guest is Rebecca Haviland, a Grammy Award-winning vocalist. Her band Rebecca Haviland and the Whiskey Heart is a root rock Americana band based in New York, and they recently recorded a two-night live session at the famous Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. Rebecca is joining us today to talk about her upcoming single, Hideaway. Rebecca Haviland. Hello. Hello, my dear. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, so we met at a so far show. Ooh, let's go with six months ago because yes. I can't. I can't count. So that was a, that was in DC, and it was really funny because you, me. Oh, that's true. It was it was you and I, and I think we had some people in common, and we both didn't realize that we'd come from New York for the show. Yes, exactly. It was a really fun show. Yes, and the funny thing was, uh, Mishti, whom we have in common, had reached out to me. I think. A couple weeks before that, because she had just done the done a podcast with you and done that's right, yeah, she the had done. show, and she was like, "You have to meet this awesome chick. She does this great <laughs> show, and you should be a part of it. You'd be perfect for it." And little did I know, yeah, this is what it was all about. That was funny. It was, yeah. uh, happenstance and serendipity. That's Kismet. Kismet. We can do that one yeah. too. Yeah, we can. Yes. So let's talk about. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about your single. And then sure. we'll, we'll chat more music in New York and all of that good fun stuff. Because I've got so many questions to ask you about what you've been up to on the, on the <laughs> social media. On the social media. Um, for you listening at home, social me is social media. Mm. Um, we say this ironically. Social me, face space. <laughs> you know. All of the fun stuff. Yes. So your single's called Hideaway. Yes. It's coming out May 15th. Sorry, May 17th. Um, so tell me about it. So where did you record it? How did you write it? So we recorded it at Atomic Sound in Red Hook, Brooklyn, a beautiful studio that I did not know existed uh, in New York. And we recorded our last um, our last record, not the live record, but before that, um, Bright City Lights at Atomic Sound. And this song was tracked as part of um, the third session that we had done for that record. But I just sort of felt like this song was really special and... Um, didn't quite fit the vibe of what I had been going with for the last EP. So I decided to let it be sort of the catalyst for what I was going to write for the next record. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the song itself was inspired by um, a really big fan of this songwriter named David Ramirez. He's a... Yes. um, Yeah, he's a singer-songwriter from, I think originally from Texas or Nashville or Georgia. He's based in Nashville now, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I had heard... I, I was sort of fumbling around the interwebs looking for some new music to listen to and came across one of his records. And I just loved the honesty and the lyric, but also like the sort of sentimental value and just the way he plays with melody and sort of holds these tension notes and mm-hmm. lets things linger. And it's so cool. So I decided to do a record or to do a song that was kind of reminiscent of that vibe um lyrically the song is just sort of about like conjuring a memory um i also wanted to have a theme for this record the theme for my last ep was um you know looking at uh traveling and sort of writing songs about being on the road and traveling and the passage of time and this record is is going to be about a couple of different things, sort of uh, songs that involve uh, reminiscing or telling stories of memories from the past, 
Um, but also I wanted every song to feel like something that you would like want to drive home and listen to at like three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. with like the windows down on yep. a beautiful spring de- night, which is probably what that's I'll what do tonight. Yeah, that's what we have tonight. <laughs> For me, it's reminiscent of like a, like an early Sheryl Crow. There's something awesome. kind of Thank in you. that that I really like. And I was listening to your stuff and I kind of heard this, it was like a sort of soulful thing about you, you like an Alabama type sound which I'm so I'm really looking forward to, to the new record that's coming out later this year yes so the full record will be coming out in September and as of right now we're thinking of doing like another five seven song EP-ish sort of thing um, but who knows mm-hmm. once I get going it might end up turning into a full length we'll see so you're going to take the single on tour yes we are going to be doing some more so far shows because mm-hmm. I just love them um, and then we're going to be going all the way down to Nashville and back so road trip and a half. Like road trip and a half. And we're actually going to be doing a couple shows with Bobby Thompson, who was oh, on yeah. the So Far mm-hmm. show with us in D.C. Oh, cool. I love how yeah. it all just ties together. It all ties together. For me, that was the one and only So Far show where I felt like the artists all had a lot in common musically and you know, songwriting wise and sort yeah. of, you know, our worlds in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the cross-pollination yep. part of So Far, but... I really enjoyed having some things in common as well yeah. with this one. Uh, that was a really fun show. And I think like of the so far shows I've done, I felt that one was one where I felt we all connected yes. as artists. Like, mm-hmm. I, I agree. You know, sometimes you do shows and you're like, I, this is great, but I don't get it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, Yes. Yeah, and it's and don't get me wrong, like it's great to appreciate everyone's mm-hmm. art, but sometimes you're like, I'm not, I, I totally I'm not sure what that means. But, yeah. Um, so let's let's do some some of the the usual kind of songwriting questions. Um, so when you're, I mean, do you do a lot of co-writes? Do you, you know, just sit and noodle with guitar, sit and noodle on a piano? I do co-writes, but usually for other people. Okay. Like I'll co-write with someone for someone else's thing. Um, And that's something that I'd like to change. I've been trying to do a little bit more co-writing with my music in mind. Uh, And I did a a co-write with a songwriter named Seth Glear recently. Mm -hmm. He's wonderful. Um, So we might end up tracking the song that we wrote together. Um, But generally I do this really bad thing where like I just kind of stockpile little snippets of ideas on my phone. And then when I'm gearing up to write a record, I just kind of go through all the snippets and I pull out the things that I think are worth sort of continuing. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I just sort of finish writing the song. Interesting. Um, Yeah, so for you, it's melodically, I guess, is where you start. It's a couple different things. Sometimes it's lyrical. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to do free writing. Um, I think it can kind of get some really interesting things that are not just surface level, like what's going on and in your day-to-day from you lyrically. Sometimes it's melodic, um, and sometimes it's chords. Mm -hmm. For the benefit of someone listening at home, can you explain free writing? Yes, so free writing is literally where you kind of like sit down with your book, um, and I like to do them handwritten, um, and you just sort of stream of consciousness, like vomit words out onto a page page um hopefully sometimes it's nicer than than vomit Uh, (laughs) (laughs) song vomit yeah sometimes it's not though and and you know I find that those are just really great sort of palate cleansers to like let's get your everyday whatever happened to you that day out of your brain and then you can sort of dive into whatever it is you want to work on Mm -hmm. um but there's one song I'm working on for the new record that um literally the entire song word for word came from a free write so far. Wow. Um, so yeah, so we'll see 
how the rest of it turns out. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's have a listen to Hideaway. Awesome. Rebecca Haviland and Hideaway. Rebecca, how do you feel about the producing process? How involved do you like to get? I mean, do you find that you come across a producer that you really want to work with and you sort of let go a lot? Or do you get super involved and you direct the process? Producing, I know, has a lot of different 
I, people have a lot of different ideas about what the role of a producer is, but for us specifically, I have a really awesome band and I love my band and we've been playing together for a very long time. And we also play a lot for other people. We're all professional musicians in the New York scene. So we have a really, uh, you know, really concrete musical relationship and personal relationship. So when we go to track a record, and even if we're working with a producer, we do a little bit of pre-production, we'll kind of work through songs together a little bit in a rehearsal space, but we'll go in and all track at the same time, and we'll do everybody will do basics at the same time. We really do minimal overdubbing, um, and if we do, it's usually things like horns or um, pedal steel or uh, backing vocals, things like that. So. A producer has to, when they work with us, be willing to um, sort of take what we're doing in the room and, and work very quickly and fluidly with sort of giving comments and tweaking things as we go. It's it's not a lot of let's do stuff after the fact. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so we always, I'm usually a, a very vocal person when it comes to what's going on production-wise. I tend to have a vision and a clear idea of what I want things to sound like, which also is why we haven't worked a lot with producers. Our last record we did with an, uh, a producer and songwriter named Don DeLego, and he was really wonderful to jump back into the world of production for my Whiskey Heart project. He was really great at sort of being like, oh, this is what you're doing? Cool. Can we just try this on the next take? And we would kind of work our way through like, you know, three to six or seven takes. And by the time we would get to one we really liked, everybody would kind of be taking his feedback and arrangement options each time. And it just mm -hmm. really worked its way in there. So our next record, we're going to be trying to do that but I also picked a producer for our next record that does a lot a lot more in the box mm -hmm. um, and his name is Jackson Hoffman he does a little bit more indie sort of pop stuff um, but he has an understanding and a, and a like for what we're doing and so I'm hoping that we can just get his take on what our thing is you know kind of yep. taking advantage of some of the you know, some of the in-the-box world of things, like looking at some different keyboard sounds, looking at, you know, being more creative with guitar tracks or layering keyboards and things like that. Mm -hmm. I do think a producer can kind of, it's almost like looking at in a, diff a mirror. Yes. It's not quite you, if yes. that makes sense. And yes. Or almost, I don't know, getting your hair cut and having a slightly different style. And you're like, oh, hmm, yes. how do I feel about that? You know, yeah. And then you kind of you know, sit with it for a little while and you go, mm -hmm. oh, actually, yeah, I look really cool now. Thanks. Thanks yeah. so much. And that's, uh, that's been something that I've, I've been eager to have a part of my music again. I think I finally grew up a little bit and I'm like, yeah, maybe it would be nice for someone else to listen and tell me what they hear. Mm -hmm. I don't know everything. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it is okay. Um, my 20s were about feeling like I knew everything, and my 30s, I'm just kind of like, we're, it's okay for other people to say how they feel and for me to you know, try to work that into what I'm doing from a creative and constructive perspective. Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like I had to know everything, if that, that makes sense. That is a very good point. Yes, I understand that. Mm -hmm. As in, I felt like I had to completely control yes. everything that was going yeah. on. And, you know, I needed to know what the bass should do and I needed to know what the guitar yeah. should do. And then I, because if I didn't, I felt like I was an imposter in that room. But, but I think that's, I think that's also kind of like what I was saying with like the, you got to kind of know everything that mm -hmm. makes you better. That makes you learn and it makes you pay attention to everything. And then you can sort of, 
you know, look, you can sort of get that other perspective yep. now that you know that you know what's going on. Yes. No, I think, but, yeah. it's, I, but what I think uh, I took a lot of power from was knowing what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And definitely, you know, saying to other people, well, that's, that's your strength. That's not my strength. My strength yeah. is kind of pulling it together mm-hmm. and making those creative decisions. But you, you play the bass. You know how to play the bass. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to play yes. the bass. Yeah. Totally. So that's cool. So the, so the new uh, project you will release in the fall. Yes. So you're touring June, July with this new single that comes out in May, and then you're releasing uh, a new EP in the fall, and then probably another tour after that. Probably, yeah. Busy year for you. Busy year. Busy year, busy year. <clears throat> oh, and whilst we're at it, and I think I, I wanted to ask you about the Grammy. Oh, yes, the Grammy. Mm. So in uh, 2014, I had the pleasure of being asked by uh, two of two people I look up to so much musically, um, the Tim Kubart and Dominic Falacaro, both New York uh, musicians. Uh, Tim recently relocated to LA, but they together wrote a, a really beautiful children's record that is more contemporary. It's music that like I would actually listen to, not sort of, you know, your traditional children's record kind of vibe. And they brought in a lot of musicians uh, from the New York scene. I had the pleasure of singing backing vocals on the entire record. And then the record won a Grammy. So I get awesome. to say I won a Grammy, yeah. which is so cool. Does it change anything the way you introduce stuff or the way? Nope, you know? <laughs> not a thing at all. And I feel like I've heard Dominic and Tim say like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily change mm-hmm. a lot. I feel like I did something cool. You get Obviously. you get the piece of paper if you play it on the record. If if it's your songwriting and production, you get the trophy. So does this does this piece of paper hang somewhere? It hangs in my office. I teach a couple of songwriting courses at a college, mm-hmm. and I have it right up on the wall. As well, you should. And Tim got nominated for another Grammy, uh, which he sadly did not win. But I will get the piece of paper that says it was nominated <laughs> and put that on my wall too. So. And uh, you recently recorded two live sessions at Sun Studios. We did. That's amazing. How? What was that like? It was I mean, a blast. So much history in that room, right? Yeah, it's like you're playing in a room with a bunch of ghosts. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and plus, they don't start the sessions until like seven or eight o'clock at night. So you're like exhausted and seeing weird, you know, colors because you haven't slept in days because yeah. you're on tour. And uh, then you're trying to make music in yeah. this historical space. So we did two sessions. One was coming off of a tour we did with Martin Sexton. We did covers and original songs for that one. And we flew in my drummer and my saxophone player uh, for that record. And then volume two is all of the audio from the songs that we recorded for the Sun Studios Sessions uh, television show which is airing on PBS and public television now. Uh, but I don't know when it's airing in New York. That's, that's really, really cool. Like, it's, just, it's cooler than the Grammy, I think, in my opinion. I think it's cooler than the Grammy. Yeah, it's way cooler than the Grammy. It's way cooler. Because um, I'm sure I saw some studio... I'm a massive music documentary nerd, as I'm sure you probably as are. As am I, yes. Yeah. And I can't remember which documentary it was on. And they kind of gave you a tour around it. And it doesn't look like... I mean... I think they've knocked a few things down since it's not quite the original, but it still looks pretty old. The room, the recording, like 
main room mm-hmm. itself is original is it and okay? the and the control room is original and the front office is original but they added a cafe on the side so when you first walk in to do the tour you're literally like in a cafe where they have like all the merchant stuff and then they take you up the back and they have all like this really cool vintage gear and like vintage memorabilia and their tour guides are all like super feisty awesome Memphis musicians and artists and stuff it's just really cool you get to see like these really old amplifiers that were used on sessions um the Helen Wolf stuff for me was like amazing because I'm such a big blues mm-hmm. fan. A lot of people go there and geek out about the Elvis stuff, yep. but um, but the Helen Wolf stuff for me was really cool. So there's some really cool instruments that are there, left over from other sessions, and some that are original. My husband got to play this really cool vintage upright bass with gut strings on it, which are like actual animal gut, which is what makes them slap really hard. It's really oh, weird. And then I played this beautiful vintage silver tone that Robert Plant tracked on when he did all of his session work there. No and they told me some crazy story that I'm going to butcher, but they, they were like, Robert Plant tried to buy this from us and he offered us like all this money. And we said, no. And I was like, well, can I buy it? And they were like, no. So it's just <laughs> this beautiful silver tone, vintage silver tone. And then you two tracked, um, tracked rattle and hum at Sun Studio, mm-hmm. and the drum kit that they tracked Rattle and Hum with is still at Sun Studio, and it's the drum kit that my drummer played on both records. No way, that's awesome. Pretty weird. <sighs> it's very reminiscent of um, that documentary, Muscle Shoals. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That's incredible. If um, if you're listening and you haven't watched Muscle Shoals, I beg of you, if it is the only music <laughs> documentary you ever watch, please watch Muscle Shoals. <laughs> it's incredible. And I think like that sound, it's very much kind of an Alabama sound, and I think that's maybe why I mentioned it earlier, because it sort of, you, you the way that I think that you sing vocally and some of the, the melodies and the keys that you use, I think for me was, <clears throat> excuse me, reminiscent of... A, a, that kind of sound. Thank you. Yeah, we, we kind of do like that mishmash of like, I mean, I guess that's what Americana is, though. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's all these different balances of all the American roots genres. Yeah. You, get, you get soul, you get blues, you get rock. Yeah. And so then you do your own thing with it. Do you identify specifically like your roots rock Americana? I think that's like that. Yeah, we've played around with what it is because I don't know if people really understand what Americana is mm-hmm. and especially with radio stations they see Americana and they don't know what to do with it yeah. so it's been helpful to find other words to sort of elaborate on that I, I had a I recently read a really awesome review of our last record the Bright City Lights record and and it was the first time someone to me had really sort of captured what we were going for with like bands and vibe and stuff and they said that we were like a roots rock sort of Americana soul thing. And I was like, there it is. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go with that. Well, that's what you're going for. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely hear that. So how have you found it being Rebecca Haviland and Whiskey Heart? So it's obviously you as a songwriter plus Whiskey Heart, the band. Yes. Um, how did that form? I mean, obviously, so as a singer-songwriter, but you've kind of really integrated with this band. It's not just a name that you give your backing band. It is essentially a name I gave the backing band, but I also, we came up with the name because I was trying to differentiate the music I was writing from the music I had been writing. Okay. And everything had sort of been under the same name. I, I kind of went through a couple versions of me, and I think that ha- that happens when you're a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done a record 
my first first record when I was like a youngin was like a Nora Jones sounding kind of thing and then I did this awesome side project um, electronica ambient electronica record with a guy from the UK and then I was doing hard rock for a while I had two bands that I was doing a lot of stuff with that were associated with my name and then um, I started doing stuff that was a little more like Alan Stone kind of a little more funk mm-hmm. soul And then I started writing the Whiskey Heart vibe. So it was really important to me to sort of divide those two worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, Since Whiskey Heart, Rebecca Havlin, and Whiskey Heart is what I really, I I feel like I really stumbled finally on the thing that I feel like expresses me the best musically. Mm -hmm. I love Whiskey Heart as a name. I think it just kind of evokes That's all my husband. Okay. (laughs) We were trying to come up with something and he's like, well, you like whiskey? Let's just make it whiskey heart. And I was like, perfect, done. So how do you find it? I mean, let's 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 have some some women in music chat. Mm-hmm. How, how do you find that? I mean, how how has that um, journey been for you? How easy or difficult has it been? You know, what are the, some of the highs and the lows from it? It's been interesting. I can look at it from a couple different perspectives. The first would be me as a side man or a side woman. Um, I've been playing since I was 18, backing other people in their projects and getting work or not getting work um, or being asked to do something. There's like a very blatant, well, we want a chick in the project, so we're going to audition girls for the keyboard part or... Uh, we need a female backing vocal, so we'll call her to do this sideman gig. I love it, but at the same time, I also really love when I get called for a gig because someone wants what I have musically and not because of the way that I look. But I am grateful that I get work because I'm a woman as well. So it's this weird sort of like, I'm happy about it, but I'm also not happy about it. And then from a songwriting perspective, it's not something that I feel like I've had any, I don't know, I don't want to say had any issues with, but it's given me a lot to write about traveling and being able to see a lot of the way women are treated in in the U.S. even, and then getting a chance to write about that. Mm-hmm. But I also have been tentative. I've been vocal about it, but I also feel sometimes that it can be pigeonholed and or misunderstood by a broader audience if you're too specific. And I don't think that's right either. So similar to what we just looked at with, you know, we were watching the Cheryl Crow video. She approached a lot of the things she was talking about from a broader perspective in that Redemption Day video. Mm -hmm. But she didn't specifically do anything that focused on women's rights. Every single clip that she that she clipped to was yeah. was all genders. It wasn't let's do something about women. And I uh-huh. think I have a feeling that that was for a specific reason. Just to be clear, so we were watching the Redemption Day video that I think actually came out today. If you go and watch it, it's a very interesting video. And we thought was really fascinating about it was that Cheryl Crow um, has kind of re-released this song of hers. She has slowed it down. She's done it more stripped back and acoustic, the same way that Johnny Cash did it. And she's integrated Johnny Cash's vocals yes. into it and then the and visually there's a lot of kind of war-torn scenes and famine and images of the holocaust and it kind of spanned history and countries and um, it sort of paints a bit of a dark picture and then it sort of starts yeah. to lift towards the end but you're right I think she did approach it from the wider angle of mm, this is how dark we are I think. Yeah. Um, then there's a, and again, I guess that the whole point of the song is that it comes to a redemption day. Yeah. And the women's March, 
I was writing the songs for Bright City Lights when the Women's March was happening. The fact that there were so many, so many people openly outspoken and being vocal and from the music world and the art community and everything, I found the the willingness to be open and be vocal about it to be so inspiring and just so awesome. And even teaching at a college, like seeing how that's affected the way that my students are writing, I think is the coolest thing ever. How has it changed the way you see your students writing? I think for them, this is the first the first time in their generation where they've gotten a chance to be a part of a movement. I'm happy that it's a, that it's a women's movement. You know, I'm also happy that it's a transgender movement. I'm also happy that it's, you know, a gay rights movement and also coming back to um, the freedom to choose sort of movements. Mm-hmm. And I think Black all, yeah, I think that the the women's right movement and also, you know, we can also talk about, you know, gun laws and things like that. It's it's given these, these students something to write about that's not just them writing about a relationship. Right. Social protest songs. I mean, I think the 60s just blew up yeah musically but i also think they look at those and they go oh well social protest songs they're about war and it's like okay wait they don't have to be about war though we have all these other things going on that you can actually be writing songs about you you don't just need to think of social protest songs as being about the vietnam war yeah here's your new thing to go and write and and say something bold about well we are running out of rapidly running out of time (laughs) Rebecca Haviland it's been such a pleasure chatting with you this evening Um, I'm so much looking forward to you performing with the New York Artists Collective on the 25th of May Um, I am looking forward to being there as well it's going to be a wonderful night of music can't wait looking forward to your new single Hideaway and and the tour and um, we will have all of those details in the podcast Rebecca Haviland thank you so much for joining us thank you the wonderful and soulful Rebecca Haviland. You can find out more about Rebecca at rebeccahaviland.com. Uh, the New Artists Collective is very proud to have Rebecca perform in the round alongside fellow musicians Brandon Mills and Kelsey Hunter on May 25th at 6pm at Rockwood Music Hall. Tickets available on our website www.newyorkartistcollective.com. I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast and if you aren't a subscriber, um, why not subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You can hear more from some incredible artists on the New York music scene and also you can check out our website newyorkartistcollective.com for more information about our upcoming shows right here in New York City and our Instagram is at New York Artists Collective. I'm Stephanie Manns. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. New York Artists Collective.